Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Joe Connolly from WCBS News Radio, and I want to introduce you to the smartest, best expert I know on changing jobs and improving your career, Steve Greenberg, the host of Your Next Job on WCBS. And Steve will also tell business owners suggestions on knowing which candidates to hire. So, Steve, let's start. And Neil A. Caruso, the producer, will join us in this discussion, too. I would ask you first, Steve, what suggestions you would have for business owners who now may be able to hire people who have left voluntarily or not larger companies who might want to come to work for a smaller business? Right. Um, Joe, it's great to be with you. And you're right. We are seeing a lot of great talent out there that is sort of is not working for big companies anymore, either because of layoffs or they don't want to commute anymore, or, or they're ready to make a change to work more local uh, in a more local way. And I think that what small businesses can do is to try to get beyond the resume. I mean, try to look beyond the brand name employer on on the on that piece of paper because it's it's sort of easy to be misled by that. Just because they work for one well-known company doesn't mean they're going to be a great match for you. And the way you can d- dig deep and figure out if this person really is a good match is beyond the simple hard skills is to ask questions that go to their soft skills, behavioral questions that get them talking about um, things where you can get an indication if they're going to be a good fit or not. Things like tell us about a time where you had to work in a team and study was a problem. How did you deal with that person who was you know, causing trouble? Or tell us about a time where you couldn't meet a deadline and what did you do in response to it? Tell, give us an example. You had to juggle several different matters at the same time. And those kind of behavioral questions will reveal things that you can't see just in their resume. Stephen, have you ever heard about a case where somebody applied for a job that they only wanted because they needed a job? And is there a way to weed out, again, I guess it goes back to these behavioral questions that you mentioned, how do you weed out someone who really just wants to work for you as a last resort? Right. Well, I think there's several there's several key factors here. Number one is that employers should be careful to even interview candidates who are just sending out generic resumes. Because what is it, you know, a generic resume tells the company, really, if you're really looking at it carefully, 
I'm not that interested in working for you. I'm just sending out this resume to 20 companies and I'm just hoping to get lucky. You know, I'm playing the lottery and I'm figuring the more tickets, the more tickets I buy, the better my chances are of winning. But that's really not, that's not very satisfactory from the employer's point of view. The employer, a smart employer will, a savvy employer will look to resumes that are tailored to their particular job. A candidate will get the trouble of researching the company, research the specifics of the job that they're applying for, and then tailor their resume to that specific job. That tells the employer loud and clear, this person really cares about my company, cares about getting this particular job, and that's somebody I want to talk to. How can employers uh, conduct interviews better? How can they get better candidates right now, especially during the pandemic? Well, so it's really hard. Interviewing is is an art that needs to be perfected over time. And many small business owners are wearing so many hats. They're so busy with so many different things. And I know it's been said on these airways many times, but small business owners truly are the unsung heroes of the American economy. And I mean, they're really incredible. They have to not only run a successful business, beat their competition, deal with regulations. They're supposed to be great hiring at the same time, which seems very challenging. Um, and many small business owners then adapt the attitude sort of like, you know what, I'll just walk into a room and I'll have a conversation. If I like the person and they have you know, this sort of hard skills, I'll hire them. And that may work for some people. It doesn't work for a lot of people. Because, and, and the proof is in the data. The statistics show that the average person who's hired even for a staff job under the age of 35 will leave that job in less than two years. There's a tremendous amount of churn in the market. And I think part of that is because people are not very good. Companies are not that great at interviewing and candidates aren't that great at choosing what companies they should work for. And a better solution is doing more uh, re research on both sides of the issue before, before you make a commitment to somebody. And, right. Right? and so, um, for, so for employers, that means really testing whether or not that candidate really wants to work there, you know, in ways like making sure the resume is tailored to them, not making it quite so easy for them to get a job offer. You know, depending on the job and the skill set, you know, there's nothing wrong with employers sort of testing how badly somebody wants to work there um, by, by making the process a little bit more rigorous. Um, I, I think companies that do that have a, take a little bit longer to hire people, but the people they do hire stay longer. And that's really what you want as a small business owner. There's a tremendous cost to churning, to having people quit and having to hire again. And obviously it takes resources to train people. Uh, how do you... Um try to gauge that interest? What are the types of questions that employers should ask then in the interview process? Well, for example, if you're interviewing for a sales job, I'm always amazed at companies, a lot of interviewing going on right now for sales positions. It's a very hot area for small business and large business. But if you're interviewing, if you want someone to work for your company in sales, um, a good idea is to, rather than just have a standard interview, interview offer, you know, after you do one interview, let them sell you on themselves. Maybe, maybe you don't respond after the first interview to that, per, to that particular candidate. And let the candidate show you how they knock down doors. Because the way they knock down your door to get hired will reveal their skills in how good of a salesman they are if you hire them. You know, and that, I think that's the kind of thing that can be very, very useful for companies. Um, you know, but for other jobs, you wouldn't want to do that. If you're hiring a tech person, for example, they're really in high demand. And if they're working for you, you don't want them banging down doors. You want them being very good at their job. So in that case, you would make it very easy for them to contact you. But again, you'd want to maybe give them some tests actually to see the, the, the work that they do before you hire them. Now, again, I'm always amazed. It's as many small businesses 
that sort of hire based on faith, based on what they see in a resume. They assume a certain competency level without even bothering to try to test it at all. And there's nothing wrong in as part of an interview process if it's a tech job asking somebody, hey, come on in. We're going to, you know, for two hours, spend some time or from home. We're gonna, for two hours, we're going to give you an assignment and we're going to take a look at the work you've actually done before making an offer. Uh, that's a that's a good point. And, and one more before uh, back to Joe. How on the flip side, then, how do employees portray their skills in the interview process? Well, again, it's up to them to demonstrate whatever, whatever skills they're selling. It's up to them to demonstrate that as part of the process. Again, if you're a salesperson, if I, if I was a salesperson interviewing for a job, you know, I, I wouldn't just do an interview and then just wait for them to call me back. I would follow up in meaningful ways, offering additional information about why I'm a great candidate. So I'm, dem I'm not only demonstrating why I'm a good hire, I'm demonstrating how, in fact, I am a great salesperson. If I was a, if I was a tech person, I would create, after the interview, I would create a mock website or whatever for the company and, and show them exactly the kind of work that I do. You know, one example that I've used before on air at CBS is um, I had a very famous basketball coach tell me that, you know, I get, I get emails all the time from candidates who say, my dream job is to work with you. So Stephen, you know what happens after those emails? Nothing, you know, but I'm not going to hire somebody then who doesn't want to act on their dreams. You know, when I make my dreams come true, I don't wait for other people to make them come true for me. So he said, one day somebody sent him that email. And then when he came home from a road trip at midnight, that person was waiting for them with their resume printed on a basketball. And that, so he said that person not only told me it was his dream to work for me, he showed me what that meant and he hired that person. So I think it's up to candidates, you know, to show, to demonstrate, you know, the skills and the passion that they have for that job. Don't just sit back and sort of wait for it to happen. These are great examples. You're listening to Stephen Greenberg, the host of Your Next Job on WCBS News Radio 880. And you, Steve, could sell these in a book for a lot of money. You can <laughs> see and hear his video, his reports on the website at WCBS880.com. There's one after another after another. You go to podcasts under the WCBS call letters, go to all audio and Steve's audio reports are right there. They're all 60 seconds apiece, right under my 60-second daily business updates uh, on the WCBS website. I love these examples. Tell us some other stories that you've heard about maybe an unlikely or surprising great hire that worked out great for the employee or for the company. Well, I'll tell you, one that I'm Any come to mind? Well, there was one that I'm really happy about and most proud about when I was speaking um, at a place here in Connecticut uh, for people for at an unemployed, a group of unemployed people. And there was this one gentleman, uh, at, we had, we're doing a Q&A, this is a couple of years ago. And he said, I am a really great chef, but nobody will give me a chance. And um, I said, well, what do you, you know, what is your best dish? What do you make best? He said, I make an amazing kind of a cake. I forget the kind of cake it was. Well, I'm, well the next time you see a great job, why don't you make the cake and in icing, write part of your resume and icing on the top of the cake, which is exactly what he did. And he got hired. He wrote to me afterwards and, you know, and that worked out fantastic, you know, in a way that obviously just sending a resume out uh, did, did, describing his experience never would have conveyed. And I, and I think, and I think if people really challenge themselves, I think there's something like that. Everybody has their version of sending a cake, you know, and, and it, just spend a little bit of time thinking about what that is and craft that for the jobs that you really seek. Doing that as opposed to just pressing send all day on the same generic resume, 
will yield far better results. And give us an idea as to how to get around the weak move of sending an email saying, hi, I'm just, never say just, hi, I'm checking in to see if you followed, if you saw my resume. How can you send a better initial follow-up? So you've hit on one of my pet peeves, Joe. It's one of the reasons why I love you so much. We think we think alike. Uh, the phrase "I just wanted to check in" should really be banned from every email that's ever sent. Um, there's someone should build a, a, a filter that just automatically deletes that from because it just it, it it just it just diminishes whatever you're saying. Right, the person receiving that is like, okay, well, I'm just not that interested in this email. Um, what you want to do is follow up in meaningful ways, right? To send additional information. So what you could say instead of "I was just." Why don't you say, I've been thinking a lot about our conversation, and particularly when you describe this part of your business. I did some more research on it, and I saw that you're working on these three potential clients, and let me tell you about how I can add value to that effort. I mean, that's that's an amazing email. That, that's an email that gets read, that gets noticed, and I think should generate more interviews. So, Stephen, such a you know battered labor market right now, <clears throat> Americans out of work, um, and you talk about getting an employer's attention. What can you do to separate yourself from the pack right now in the pandemic? Well, I think the the best thing that candidates can do, the biggest favor that candidates can do for themselves is really just to apply to jobs that they're well qualified for. You know, I think when during periods of elevated unemployment, which we have right now, oh, the, the situation is definitely improving. Many candidates sort of feel desperate. And so they they apply to a lot of jobs, even ones that they're not really not qualified for leads to even more depression. It becomes a really a very a negative self uh, cycle where you think that you're never going to get a job. So you apply to lots of jobs that you're not qualified for, that you never hear back from anybody. And that seems to confirm your worst fears. The truth is that if you just spend more time on identifying jobs that really are a good potential match for yourself and then tailoring your resume and making, making it clear that you can add value to this company for this particular job will lead to less applications being sent out, but more um, more interviews and greater success in the long run. What suggestion would you have for business owners, small, mid-sized business owners, for writing a posting for LinkedIn or Indeed.com for describing what they're looking for? Right. So you've think- seen a lot of bad ads. Uh, so almost all the bad, bad ads are one trait, which is they're too long, right? There's there's a listing of 20 different qualifications. It's the kit, you know, they throw the kitchen sink at it. And candidates then feel the need to send resume that's, you know, loaded with every possible uh, qualification to try to mill those credentials. And the truth is, if you told, if you sat down with that small business owner and said, look, I'm sure... Everybody wants everything, but what are the three things that you just have to have? What are the three most important skills and traits that you're that this candidate needs? And just include those in your in your job description, and then you can start screening from there. As opposed to sending out a kitchen, you know, because people say have twenty different requirements, most of which are probably not all that important to to the actual job, but tend to confuse candidates, and so candidates are left not really knowing what the essential aspects of the job really are. You know, if you really want to get the best candidates as an employer, you want to make sure you you want to emphasize the things that are most important to you. Um, So 
I, I, I would urge I would urge employers to go through their ads um, and really editing out the what's essential from what's really a wish list and just just to put what's essential um, and and start there. You can always weed out later, but make it clear that these are the things. This way, I, I think it's easier to attract the good candidates that way. You know, really good candidates don't want to spend a whole lot of time going through really long job descriptions. They they know they don't have to. You know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You just, you want to send up a flag. We're seeking the person who is the best at making, you know, outbound sales calls for our company. You know, we want a, we want a killer person who can sit at home and make a hundred calls all day. And has a closed rate of 20%, whatever it is, you know, everything else is sort of gravy. So I, I would, you know, emphasize what's most important. How valuable is LinkedIn to employers, Stephen? Well, I think it depends on the employer, but generally speaking, um, even if link, even if the employers are not using LinkedIn to uh, to capture new candidates, they're almost certainly verifying their candidates by looking at their LinkedIn profile. So for candidates, that means make sure your profile is up to date. Make sure you have a picture on it because research shows that uh, candidates who have a picture on their profile get like fifty to seventy percent more interviews than candidates who don't. And uh, and and then make sure all the information on your LinkedIn profile totally matches what's on your resume. Because um, obviously that's a red flag as well. And I think so. It, it's hard to say. I think smaller smaller companies are probably using uh, LinkedIn more to try to, to try to find candidates. Um, I think it remains to be seen, though. In fact, how much sourcing of new candidates is being done in a place like LinkedIn? I think at the end of the day, um, most most companies find their new hires uh, from networking. Right? The smart company. If I was a small business owner today, I would be sending out emails to everybody in my company. Telling them the kind of you know, what needs that we have, I'd be incentivizing them to to suggest good candidates. I mean, there's a lot of great incentive programs out there now, and they they work really well. Um, and also, you know, from the major job boards. But you know, as we as we all know, you get some good candidates there, but it also means you have to sift through you know a lot of irrelevant resumes as well. Steve, two quick last questions. What advice do you give to somebody, as you referred to, is just down, they haven't hit anything, they're getting discouraged, and they just need a boost? What do you tell right. those people? So I would, I would tell those people two things. Number one, most of all, I say start making yourself accountable to somebody else in your search. Because the person who's feeling that way, it's, it's totally understandable. I think searching for a job is, it, it's, it's very frustrating. It's so easy to get down and depressed. I see it happen with so many candidates. So, what, so approach it like you would a job and give yourself assigned hours where you're gonna be searching for a job. And that, that can't be eight hours a day. People who say that, it's just, it's too hard. Three or four hours a day, focus on your job search. And just like a real job where you're accountable to your boss, Make yourself accountable to somebody else in your search. Again, then every day or then every week, talk to your spouse or a friend and spell out exactly what you did that week, how many emails you sent out, the kinds of jobs you applied for, why you applied for them, how you tailored your resume. And that rigidity, that approach to a search, making searching for a job, having a job, will lead to much better results. And then say to yourself, after the three or four hours a day, you're done and don't search with, with no guilt, no fear, no depression. Go do other things that keep you energetic during the time that you are searching for a job. That that rigorous approach um, will lead to better results in the long term. And then the second part of that is don't just send out your generic resume. Again, I can't emphasize this enough because I, I see this with candidates who fail, who shouldn't be. 
These are many people are really good at their job, but they're not nearly as good at job search, right? So their resumes don't even indicate how really how good they are at their job. That's because they're using a generic resume. They craft, they put everything about their whole life on a piece of paper. And that's too confusing for employers. Employers are not impressed by that. They're not energized by that. But candidates think it's great. And so they spend all day clicking send, 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 and they just apply to one job after another, and employers don't respond. And finally, Steve, your advice for the business owner who says, I can't find anybody with the skills and qualifications that I want. Right. Well, that, that is a challenge, right? Even, even during periods of high unemployment, we hear from small business owners and large companies that they still can't find the candidates that are a good match for them. And I think this is always really interesting for candidates to hear because they, they, I think the candidates think, oh, my God, companies are swamped with great candidates for every job. The truth is they're not. They may be swamped with resumes, but they're not swamped with the right candidates for many jobs. And that's why it's so important for candidates to be really judicious and focus on what they're best at. And for employers, that means, again, shorter job descriptions, which are less confusing to candidates, and which will attract less candidates, but more the right candidates that you want. Um, and then also having it incentivizing your staff through, an, you know, have a referral program that incentivizes your staff to send good potential candidates, which tends to work really, really well. Um, those, are, those, are really, those are really good things that uh, small business, businesses can do. Friends, I told you at the beginning, Steven Greenberg was the best and the smartest job change career expert who I know. And it has been great to talk to you. Uh, You really got me fired up on this topic. Thank (laughs) you very much. Steven Greenberg, WCBS expert on job changes. He's on the website. I'm on the website. Neil is on the website, too, sometimes. And uh, thank you very much. And I can't wait till we all see each other back at the radio station again. Me too. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Neil. Great talking to you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.